Well, good morning, everybody. Y'all doing good? Happy Resurrection Day. Let me tell you how big of a failure I am, okay? So, you know, here I am a pastor, and I'm leaving school where I work on Friday, and the art teacher comes to me and says, hey, I hope you have a great Easter weekend, uh, Derek. Um, he is risen. And what are you supposed to say when people say he is risen? He is risen indeed. Well, guess what I did? Just stood there. And he's like, he, he, he's risen indeed? I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. I'm not, I, I brain fart. And he goes, and you're a pastor. I was like, you're right. Don't tell my church. All right. But I'm glad you guys are here this morning to celebrate resurrection with us. Um, maybe you came here this morning because it's Easter, and that's what you do on Easter, right? Like, you, like all, the, all, all the other weeks, you're just like, hey, you know, there's this old pastor joke, which is not really a joke, but it is pretty funny, um, that church is open between Christmas and Easter. You know what I'm saying? Um, I thought about saying that even though I just did, but, you know, whatever. Um, but maybe you came here today because it's Easter. Maybe you came here because re- you regularly attend. Or maybe you came here and you don't even know how you ended up here. Um, either, either way, however you came in here, whatever path it took to get you here, I believe Jesus wants you to know this morning that the devil has held you long enough. The devil has held you long enough. And you're like, what do you mean, what do you mean Derek? What do you mean? I don't, I don't, I don't get it, Derek. I, I feel like my life's fine. And here's the, here's the deal. Ultimately, you came in here today with darkness on the inside of you. All of us have come in here with, with some sort of pain inside of us, some heartache, maybe even a little bit of depression, but we, we all came in here um, really kind of feeling dead about certain areas of our life, right? Maybe it's your vision. Maybe the devil's told you, maybe Satan's told you that that dream that you had for your life, it's over. Maybe, maybe that, that vision you had for your family and your marriage and your kids, maybe you come in here feeling defeated because it's not going exactly the way you planned. Your marriage is on the rocks or your kids are going crazy and... You just like you feel you just feel blank inside. You came here today, whether you realize it or not, not believing the lies the devil the devil's told you about your dreams, your marriages, your your kids and your jobs, and you just come in here, you put a smile on your face, pretending that everything's okay, but down deep on the inside you know there's some certain pains that you have on the inside that you just can't let go of. And it's really not that you can't let go of, it's that Satan has it entrapped in you. We feel like our, th- our dreams are over, our vision is over, our marriages are over. We have nothing to live for. And, it is like, and what the, Jesus is trying to tell you today is that in Jesus, it's not over. No matter how you feel about your dreams, your vision, or how long it's been, or that call in your life, God's call in your life, Christ's call in your life is not over. It's not dead and done. It's not dead and done. Well, Derek, it feels dead. I think you sometimes we forget that for resurrection to happen, death has to occur. For resurrection to happen, there first has to be death, right? And maybe the very thing that you think is dead is really not dead at all. It's just waiting for Christ's hand to resurrect it and bring it back better than you could ever dream or think or imagine. How do I know this? I know, well, one of our, one of our friends, Paul, he wrote to us a letter through the, through the, the church at Ephesus, and this is what he said. He's, this is what he said to the, to the Ephesian church and to us. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and to accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest requests, your most unbelievable dreams, and exceed your wildest imaginations. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Whatever dream you have for your life, guess what? It's not, it can't match up to what the dream that Christ has for your life. 
The very thing that you thought you lost, maybe Christ wants to bring it back better than you could even imagine. Maybe the reason you, you kind of feel blank inside and feel like, you're, like the things are dead in your life, maybe it's because you haven't allowed death to really occur so that resurrection can happen. You care if I show you? Can I show you real quick? I love this story. And there's probably churches all over, all over uh, the, the world preaching from this passage today, but I love it. And I was a little, I was a little scared about doing it because, you know, here in a little while we're going to be uh, going through the book of John. But I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it because it's so powerful. All right? Then John, John, John tells the story of how Jesus was heading towards Jerusalem and going through Bethany. And this is where we pick up the story. He says, in the village uh, of Bethany, there was a man named Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha. And you have to think, though, about Lazarus and Mary and Martha. They were like Jesus' best friends. Like, they were like his, like, outside of the disciples, this was his family, right? Like, he, like, like Jesus loved them, and they loved Jesus. And it says that Mary, Mary was the one who would, who would anoint Jesus' feet um, with costly perfume and dry his feet with her long hair. One day, Lazarus became very sick to the point of death. So his sister sent, sent a message to Jesus, Lord, our brother Lazarus, the one you love. Notice how they point, point, pointed that out? Like, just make sure if you, like, I don't know how many Lazaruses there was in the world, but, like, just make sure it's the one that you love, not the one you hate, you know? Lord, our brother, our brother Lazarus, the one you love, is very sick. Please come. And what do you think, what do you expect Jesus to do? Like, if you've never heard this story before, what do you think, what do you think Jesus should do? Well, of course, he's going to go help his, help his best friend, right? And, uh, well, um, well, just, when he, when he, meaning Jesus, um, heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death for Lazarus, but it will bring glory and praise to God. This will reveal the greatness of the Son of God by what takes place. Now, even though Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he remained where he was for two more days. Like, can you imagine, like, if you've been there, like, Jesus, where were you? Are you with me? Like, am I the only one going to say that? Like, for real? Like, listen, from, from a pastor's heart, listen, Sometimes when I think God should show up, He does it. And I'm just like, where, where were you? Like, really? Like, like it's okay. Like, listen, God can't. If God can't be God if He can't handle your question. You with me? Like, trust me, He is good. Just ask Him. You know what I'm saying? That's like you know when your your kids. If you have kids, like they'll come up and ask you some of the craziest things. You're like, I can't believe you're asking me that. But in the end, what it is is because they're you're their father or you're their mother, and they trust you and they believe in you. Right? That's why it's okay for you to say, God, God where, where were you on this? Okay? But he, remained there, remained, he remained where he was for two more days. Finally, on the third day, he said to his disciples, come, it's time to go to Bethany. But, but teacher, like, like, like all the disciples are going to try to like, hey, but do you remember the last time we were in Bethany? Um, but teacher, they said to him, do you, do you really want to go, go back there? Like, it was just a short time ago these people in Judah were going to stone you. Like, and Jesus replied, are there not 12 hours of daylight in every day? You can go through a day without the, you, you can go through a day without, without the fear of stumbling when you, walk, when you walk in the one who gives light to the world. But you will stumble when the light is not, not in you. For you. You'll be walking in the dark. And here's the thing, like, you have to understand what he's talking about is being led by the Spirit. Like one day there's going to be a Spirit led, but also like when, you get, when you're led by the Spirit, when you walk where the Spirit leads you to walk, you can walk without fear. Right? I mean, the worst they can do is kill you. And if they kill you, guess where you're going to be at? You're going to be face-to-face with Jesus. That's why I like, 
I, like, I don't get sad at graveyards. I get a little jealous because they're already there. You know what I'm saying? But you will stumble when the light is not in you. You will be walking in the dark. Then Jesus added, Lazarus, our friend, has just fallen asleep. It's time that I go and awaken him. Well, that gives it a new perspective, right? Because we all know what he's talking about, right? Disciples are kind of, to be honest, they're idiots here in a minute. But they're, like, we understand that, that Lazarus is, is dead at this point, right? Like, he's, he's dead. And here's the thing that I want you to know this morning based off what we just got done reading is whatever you feel is dead in your life, it's time for that giant to be awakened. Like, right now, Jesus is saying, I'm, I, this morning, your giant's going to be awakened. Your dream is going to be awakened. Like, you came here this morning for that, that thing that's inside of you to come alive again. Like, wake it up. Like, here in a minute, he's going to scream at the tomb for Lazarus. I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself, so I'm going to pause for a second. But it, it's time for that inside of you. Like, it's time to quit living in depression and, and death and, 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 and addiction. It's time for those things to be awakened. That today, that call in your life is going to be resurrected. Today, your soul is going to be resurrected to salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Today's, today, the dream is going to be reborn. Christ is telling us this morning, it's time to wake up. Time to wake up. Oh, uh, this next part. Ready? John eleven twelve says, when they, when they heard this, the disciples replied, Lord, if he has just fallen asleep, then he'll get better. <laughs> I'm just going to imagine Jesus sitting right there going, oh my God, why did I choose these people? Oh, my Father, like, could you send me another 12? <laughs> Jesus was speaking about Lazarus' death, but the disciples presumed he was talking about natural sleep. Then Jesus made it plain to them, Lazarus is dead. Derek, Derek, wait a minute. Just call this out real quick, Pastor D. Okay, go ahead for it, go for it. Just a second ago, Jesus said Lazarus' sickness wouldn't end in death. And now he's saying he's dead. See, that's why I can't believe the Bible. It contradicts itself. Like, you know, like, what, like, like a minute ago he said, oh, Lazarus is not going to die. No, and then now he's saying he's dead. So, like, that's why I can't believe Jesus, because I can't believe the Bible, because it contradicts itself. It's a good question, right? But I think we forgot that he, what he said was is that it wouldn't end in death. You with me? He said it wouldn't end in death. Sometimes the things that we think are really dead and gone, Jesus is like, no, 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 no. It's just, like to Jesus, it's asleep, waiting to be awakened. Like, I think we forget sometimes that with Jesus, it's not over. With Jesus, it's not over. It doesn't matter what the enemy has proclaimed over your life. It doesn't matter what, what someone said you, said, when someone said you didn't measure up. It doesn't matter that it appears dead to Jesus. Dead things are just asleep, waiting to be awakened. Why? Why? I would love to show you. Then Jesus made it plain to them. Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. Because now you'll have another opportunity to see who I am so that you will learn to trust in me. Come, let us go see him. Like he wants you to see, see his glory in the things that you think is dead. <coughs> Come, let's go see him. So Thomas, everybody knows Thomas. Oh, doubting, everybody knows, known as Doubting Thomas. I call him Honest Thomas because, you know, let's just be honest. We look back on him and say, Thomas, you shouldn't doubt, but we all have doubts, right? So I'm going to call him Honest Thomas. So Thomas, nicknamed the twin, remarked to the other disciples, let's go so that we can die with him. <laughs> like, 
It's just like, it's like, like what are we even, like Thomas is like, what are we even doing, y'all? Right? Now, now, when they arrived at Bethany, which was only, a, only about two miles from Jerusalem, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Many friends of Mary and Martha had come from the region to console them over the loss of their brother. And when Martha heard that Jesus was approaching the village, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. I wonder why Mary stayed in the house. I mean, this is just conjecture here. Maybe Mary had given up. And Martha was like, you know, we've got one more chance. That even in the midst of something dead in us, something when we're something that we can't get, get, get rid of. Maybe it's in, in the fact that healing comes when we, when we run to the Father with it instead of just giving up. That's just conjecture. So she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, My Lord, if only you had come sooner, my brother wouldn't have died. There we are again. Was Martha wrong in saying that? She wrong in saying Jesus, if only you'd come a little sooner, my brother wouldn't have died. Like, I think, I think Jesus would rather us be honest with how we're feeling than try to mask it over with, with a, and masquerade ourselves around like we're all good. Because he can't heal who you pretend to be. Let me say, I'm going to say this again. He can't heal who you pretend to be. But how many of us have been there? Jesus, where are you? I prayed and asked you to intervene with this situation. Now it's too late. And I love this next part. Because, like I say that about every part, but I love this story because even in her hurt, in her depression, listen to what she says. This is what happens. <laughs> but I know that if you were to ask God for anything, he would do it for you. In the midst of her hurt, in the midst of her doubt, in the midst of her question, she still put her faith in the one who could heal. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise and live. Like she, did, she didn't realize that Jesus was speaking in, like in the present. Because listen to her response. Ready? And she replied, yes, I know he will rise with everyone else on resurrection day. On resurrection day. Even in her hurt and her depression and her loss, she knew that Jesus could give healing for her soul. But in her hurting, she really didn't, she, she didn't hear what Jesus said. She didn't hear Jesus say, your brother will rise. And it's like, yeah, I know, Jesus, everything will work out for my good. This has, this has happened for a reason, blah, blah, blah. All the stuff they say, you when, say to you when you're hurting and it really doesn't help, just makes you more pissed off that you have hurt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, everything happens for a reason. That's kind of what way Mary was talking right here. Right? It's like, that doesn't help. But I love, I love Jesus' response. And I believe this is a response for us that's walked in here today that, say, that says, I, I think it's too dead, too far gone. I'm too far gone. I don't know if Jesus would even take me back. I don't know if he can e even resurrect this dream or this call in my life. It's too far gone. This is, what, this is what Jesus said. He said, Martha, Martha, you don't have to wait until then. I am the resurrection. I am the life eternal. Anyone who clings to me in faith, even though he dies, will live forever and the one who lives by believing in me will never die do you believe this he's saying saying he can be raised today if you have faith to believe today is resurrection day for you 
today is resurrection day for you. If you have your, if you have your Bibles with you right now, I want you to highlight the 25 through 26 and beside it, write, today is resurrection day for me. He goes on to say this. This is what Mary says. Then Martha replied, yes, Lord, I do. Even when she can't see it, even when she, it would be hard to believe because he's been dead for four days. She said, yes, I do. I've always believed that you are the anointed one, the Son of God, who has come to this world for us. Then she left and hurried off to her sister Mary and called her aside from all the mourners and whispered to her, because sometimes you just have to remove yourself from all those naysayers around you. You know what I'm saying? Get them out. Kick them out. Like, boot them to the curb. Like, you don't need, you don't need that. You know what I'm saying? Mary called aside, because there's some people in your life that's going to keep you down. You, you know what I'm saying? You got to get rid of them downers. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you don't like, I mean, tell them about Jesus, but don't let them, like, just don't hang out with them, okay? For, be encouraged. Find some encouraging people to be around, and then just share the gospel with the, with the naysayers. You isn't? Mary called her aside from all the mourners and whispered to her, the master is here, and he's asking for you. No, 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 we just, we just say this real quick. Anytime in their conversation, did you see, hear, see Jesus tell Martha, hear Jesus tell Martha, hey, go tell Mary, I said, come here. No. What, what's happening is, what ha- what's happening is, is, is Martha, Martha knows that Mary needs Jesus. Martha needs, Mary needs Jesus. He's asking for you. So when Mary heard this, she quickly went off to find him because she was mad, y'all. How do you know? Well, we're going to find out here in a minute. She was like, so, like, go back, go back to 29. When Mary heard this, she quickly went off, went, went off to find him. For Jesus was lingering outside the village at the same spot where Martha met him. Where, like, what's up with Jesus just waiting around? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Jesus. That just shows us that, you know, like, like we've always heard that, uh, we've always heard that God is an on-time God. Well, whose time is he on? Because he ain't on mine. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're, like that's, to be honest, I felt that way, right? <laughs> that Jesus was lingering outside the village at the same spot where Martha met him. And he goes on to say, now when, Ma- when Mary's friend, friends who were comforting her noticed how quickly she ran out of the house, they followed her, assuming she was going to the tomb of her brother, brother to mourn. You just can't kick those people sometimes, you know what I'm saying? When Mary finally found Jesus outside the village, she fell at his feet in tears and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. You know, like history repeats itself, right? I love, I love this next. When Jesus looked at Mary and saw her weeping at his feet and all her friends who were with her grieving, he shuddered with emotion and was deeply moved with tenderness and compassion. And he said, he said, where did you bury him? Lord, come with us and we'll show you, they replied. Here's what this tells us. Because sometimes we try to hide how we feel when we're at the feet of Jesus, right? Because sometimes we don't feel like saying or oh, praise the name, praise the King, for He is worthy, do we? Here's what this tells us. No matter how you feel, where you are, you don't need to pull yourself together, wipe your tears, or hide your pain to run to Christ. 
says, again, you don't need to pull yourself together or wipe your tears or hide your pain to run to Christ. In fact, when you do that, guess what he'll say? Where is it buried? Take me to it. Dig deeper. Because I want to resurrect that pain. I want to resurrect that pain. Often we try to hide what's dead in us, rather, rather it be because we try to ignore it or we want to give the impression that we're fine even when we're not. That Christ wants to take him to those, take, wants to take us to those dark places in our lives so that he can heal them. He wants to heal and resurrect those things because the message of the gospel isn't try, it's trust. That's why your kids run to you when, when, they're, when they're in pain. Because they trust that you can heal them. The message of the gospel isn't tried, because oftentimes we try to cover those things up. We try to cover those dead spots up in our lives. And that's what, exactly what religious leaders did back in Jesus' time. And what did Jesus tell them? You're nothing but whitewashed tombs. Looks pretty on the outside, but there's death all on the inside. We have to trust him to open up the tombs. And I love this next passage, because it shows the heart of our Savior. It says... Verse 35, then tears streamed down Jesus' face. Tears streamed down Jesus' face. The reason that we can trust God is because he has empathy and sympathy for us. He cares about us deeply. When we hurt, he hurts. That's why I love what the writer of Hebrews said when he said, but, but I don't know if that's the right verse or not. No, that's not right. In Hebrew, in Hebrews, you can go on to the next. It's fine. In Hebrews, he talks about how Jesus, how, how our Father in heaven has ca- compassion and empathy for us. How like like when, when we hurt, he hurts. But we do not have a God who can't sympathize with us. Jesus hurts when you hurt, and he wishes for none of his children to be in pain. That he'd rather take that pain and redeem it and glorify it. So he goes on to say in verse 36, he said, Seeing Jesus weep caused many of the mourners to say, Look how much he loved Lazarus. Yet there's always those that say, Isn't this the one who opened, opens blind eyes? Why didn't he do something to keep Lazarus from dying? And then Jesus, with, with intense emotion, came to the tomb, a cave with a stone placed over the entrance. Jesus told them, Roll away the stone. Then Martha said, But Lord, it's been four days since he, since he died. By now his body is already decomposing. In some translations, especially the King James say, He already stinketh. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to start telling people at middle school now, Hey, your armpit stinketh, dude. Go put some deodorant on. <laughs> Did I tell you that if you... Jesus looked at her and said, Didn't I tell you? that if you will believe in me, you will see God unveil his power. Because here's the deal. Faith is the password that unlocks Christ's power in our lives. Belief. Even when we can't see it, when it seems like all, all hope is gone, everything's dead and done, faith is the password that unlocks Christ's power. Unlocks Christ's power. And he goes on to say, so they rolled away the heavy stone. Can you imagine being there, being, being one of the mourners there, or even being Mary and Martha? Like, it's just one of those moments, like, 
if you don't pull this off, everybody knows you're a joke. But also on the side of, if you don't pull this off, you're making us relive all of the hurt and the pain all over again for nothing. So they rolled away the heavy stone and Jesus gazed to heaven. This is what he said. I love his words in his prayer. Father, before he asked for anything, he said, thank you that you have heard my prayer. Like even before he even asked, he says, I thank you for already hearing what I'm having to say. Like we have a, like the ground is level at the foot of the cross, y'all. Like we have a father who hears us and his arms aren't too short to save us. Father, thank you that you have heard my prayer. For you listen to every word I speak. He's in, like he's in, like he's intent on listening to us. Now, so that the those who stand here with me will believe that you have sent me to the earth as your messenger, I will use the power you have given me. Then, with a loud voice, Jesus shouted with authority, "Lazarus, come out of the tomb!" Why did he say Lazarus? Anybody know? Because if he just said come out, every grave in that, in that graveyard would burst open. And he talk about the walking dead times 34, you know what I'm saying? It's like the original walking dead. You know what I'm but it's this, this truth that today Christ is calling out by name that which is dead in you. Today Christ is calling out by name that which is dead Today. He's calling that marriage out and saying, come back to life. He's looking at those crazy kids. He's saying, I'm calling them back by name. I got so excited. I got so excited to see Sam's brother here Friday night. Sorry for calling him out. Is calling it out. That shame that you're holding up down deep inside, guess what? He's calling it out. That guilt that you have for that thing that you did a while back, he's calling it out. He's saying, I'm resurrecting that. He says, Lazarus, come out of the tomb. Come on out. And I think for some of you, he's calling you out by name. Rather be here in this room or listening online later, he's calling you out by name, saying it's time to awaken, it's time to rise up. Today is the day of salvation for you. <laughs> I love to say Parsons. Then in front of everyone. Because sometimes we like to show off, don't we? <laughs> so then in front of everyone, Lazarus, who had died four days earlier. And here's why this is important, why I keep pointing that out, is because in Jewish customs, they believed on the third day after death, the spirit leaves the body. That's Jewish custom, right? And so at this point, there was like no hope. You know what I'm saying? So on the fourth day, in front of everybody, guess what happened? He slowly hobbled out. He still had grave clothes tightly wrapped around him, his hands and his feet. And, and, co and covering his face. And Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him loose. Because if he's going to resurrect you, he's not going to allow any sign of death 
clings to you. Christ will rid you of any sign of death that tries to cling to you. So I don't know how you walked in here this morning, or but we all walked in here with some sort of death on the inside of us. Rather be guilt from something in our past, shame from something in our past. Maybe for some of us, it's salvation for the for the very first time today. Maybe it's that marriage that needs to be healed. Those children or our brothers or sisters that are far from God, God calling them back. Today, God is calling them back. And all he's saying is, and if so, take me to the tomb. Take me there. Because with Jesus, it's not over. It's not over. And it will never be over because we will spend eternity rejoicing and celebrating what he's done in our lives. All the resurrections that have occurred in our lives, we get to celebrate that for a millennia and beyond. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. Thank you so much for being a God who cares enough to weep with us who cries for us. Like even I love the passage that talks about how right now you, how right now you are praying for us. So how can you be against us? God, my prayer, my prayer is that we live as resurrection people. We live as resurrection people celebrating daily the things that you rose from, from our life. And if there's someone here that needs resurrection for the first time in their lives, God, I pray that today is the day of salvation, that today this altar is open and they come to know you.